guys, I'm super excited to introduce a very special guest. I love him so much. He's honestly one of, kind. <laughs> he's one of the most authentic, kind, generous people I have ever met. And I'm so lucky that we get the chance to work with him here at Cody Agency. And I also work with his, his amazing company as well for one of my side projects. So welcome to the Cody cast. I'm so scared now. I don't know why I get really paranoid about pronouncing people's surnames. Brenton Canazaro. You did really well. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Tom, where's that um, applause? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So you are one of the amazing directors at Avenue, which is a sensational web and app design studio. Thank you. I am embarrassed to say that we are, but I'm I'm (laughs) thrilled that you think we are. Well, I actually work with you as a client. You do. So I can actually testify that they are sensational. Awesome to hear. (laughs) Um, Can I say, I, just before we jump into the questions, I have learned so much about websites from your LinkedIn content. Cool. So really excited to delve a little bit more into the weird and wacky world of websites. Awesome. Because there's so much to know. And the thing that's interesting is. is that... I feel that as consumers or people who use websites, we're not even aware of all the amazing UX that's gone into it. So true, yeah. There's so much that people don't know that it's actually the biggest challenge as someone whose job is to sell websites to clients. Um, and I understand the reasons why. You know, It's very technical and it's still relatively new in the business world, even though the internet's been around for 25 years. But you know, it's not like other industries that have been around for 100 years. Um, but yeah, there is so much to it and it's getting deeper and deeper and people don't truly just don't understand what goes into it. And I think it's almost like, I kind of liken it to going to take my car to get serviced. And there's a lot of trust actually that you place in your web designer. hundred percent. Because I don't know if you say to me, I need X, Y, Z. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> like, I've yeah. got no idea. So I think the scary thing about your industry and I guess digital in general is that there's a lot of dodgy people out there. Huge amount. It's the biggest issue of the industry, I think, overall. Yeah, and I don't think it's getting any better either, to be really honest with you. I think it's shifting. Um, it used to be that the dodgy guys were the web designers, like you know, what I do. Um, people are a bit more wiser to that now, and I'm finding it's other areas of digital, um, particularly in SEO at the moment, that has a really bad rap in the industry because there are so many sharks yeah. uh, in that industry. So I'd hate to be a good operator in SEO because you'd be wearing the rap yes. that unfortunately others are, are giving you at the moment. But yeah. yeah, I hear horror stories all the time. Yeah, and it's really sad. And I think websites are something that you must invest in because it's it's yeah. almost like your shop front. So, yeah. With COVID, it's for, as you know, understand, for many it has become the shop front. Mm. Yeah, and so it's, true. It's funny because you say, for example, you go into a store, like you're walking on the street, it's like if a shop looked really messy and run down, you wouldn't go into it. And it's the same for a website. And I think that's what people fail to think about. Like they'll go and say, oh, yeah, I'll just go on, you know, Fiverr and just get someone to build me a website for 200 bucks. It's like, well, that's going to look like it's worth 200 bucks. Yeah, (laughs) exactly right. I find that that bricks and mortar is a really good analogy. If you were opening up a retail store, and let's just say you're going to have that in a Westfield or something like that. Um, I've been told, particularly if it's more of a, say, cafe, restaurant type um, store, but e- even the, a standard retail, you're probably looking at half a million to a million dollar fit out to no, to start. Yet for some reason when it comes to web, people don't think they need to invest anywhere near that. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying you need to invest 500000 in a website. No, unless you're building something enormous, you don't. But for some reason when it comes to web, 
people think you can get something decent for 500 bucks and sorry but you can't yeah um so yeah there's still that massive gap in people's understanding and mentality around what's involved and what you need to do and why you need to do it properly and actually that um sort of brings me on to our first topic of discussion it's like why do you think it's important for people to actually invest in getting a qualified agency as opposed to say a dodgy freelancer off the internet to do their website so many reasons <laughs> how um, long do you have <laughs> <laughs> well there's so many different components to make up a great website yeah um in simple terms you need the design and then the functionality or the development to be in complete sync. It's a horrible cliche and I know my business partners hate me using it, but it, it truly is that 360. And I, if you can tell me a, a better way that's not a cliche saying that, that'd be awesome. Um, but it is that complete circle. You, everything has to be in harmony um, with each other. So if you don't have that, you need specialists and you can't, like, you can't be a leading UX or UI designer and be a leading developer. You just can't now. 10, 15 years ago you could because the web was so simple. Yep. But now you can't. You need to specialise. So you can go to Fiverr. You're not going to get someone that's at the top of the tree normally unless you fluke it. And you're certainly not going to get someone that's got skills across the board. Yes. So you're just not going to get the level um, of quality that you need. But it's, it's more than that. It's the ongoing support as well. Mm. And, and again, you might be lucky and find someone that's very reputable in Fiverr that's you know, prepared to offer support. But chances are, they know, in general, those type of people are nomads. They're, they're moving around, you know, they might be backpacking around the world or whatever, and they need some short-term cash so they, they've got the skills to do it. So they put themselves on Fiverr for a month and earn some money. That person's not going to be there yeah. in two months' time when you need them. Something yeah. goes wrong and you need them. So, yeah. yeah, it's about having the skill sets to get it right initially. So it's actually something that's going to be high-performing to actually do what you need it to do. But it's also a living, breathing thing. Um, used the car analogy earlier. I use the car analogy a lot in sales as well. Because you could go out and buy a Lamborghini, you know, the best car in the world. If you don't service it, sooner or later, that's just going to be a pile of shit. <laughs> and it's going to run terribly. You know, and it's just not going to deliver yeah. what you thought you were getting. And your website's exactly the same. It is a living, breathing thing. It's a piece of technology that has databases attached to it. And you know, it needs support. It needs evolution. So you need that ongoing support. Yeah, that's actually a good point because I think a lot of people go, I've invested in a website, that's the end and like that's it. But So many people think it's just a marketing thing and you see it in big business too. Um, you know, big organisations will have a marketing budget then every three years you know, they might allocate 100 grand to a new website and you see people and they literally think I've ticked that box. The day you think your website is finished, that's the day you need to start because you're in trouble if you think your website's finished because it's never finished. Yeah. You should always be analysing it. Is it actually working? What are the latest trends in industry? What's technology doing? Uh, it's constantly changing. Uh, are people actually using our website? Um, you know, so many people don't even look at stats to actually understand is the website working. So, yeah, it's never finished. That's uh, actually a great point because a lot of people just go, oh, yeah, it looks good and then that's it. But they don't realise, like with the power of, say, Google Analytics, you can see are people bouncing off when they hit certain pages, totally. how long people are spending on the actual site, what pages they're even visiting. Yep. Uh, and then you can use things like Hotjar or Mouseflow mm. to actually see where they land on the page or where they actually go down to. Because a lot of people I know used to put really valuable information at the bottom of a page and then don't realise that only 10% make it yeah. there. So people are shocked. Yes. When they actually take the time to look at those those tools, they're honestly shocked that they're just, yeah, 
they just don't realise that no one's going there. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. Can I say one of the best things about your business is that you toe the line beautifully between something that looks amazing but it's also commercially focused. And I Thank think you. a lot of companies go down the path of one or the other and it's not like you, you – I think it's like a real art to be able to find that balance because I know that a Thank lot you. of – Thank you. I take that as a real compliment. Yeah, because a lot of design companies now, I'm like, oh, you do websites? And don't get me wrong, the website looks cool, but then I can't even work out how to use it. You've just summed it up perfectly. Yeah. Um, and it's, a, it's a, one of my, I suppose, my biggest bugbears, again, of the industry as a whole. Uh, I, I don't know why people think it, but it's such a specialised design discipline web and I use the analogy that you wouldn't go to an architect to design your logo and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't go to a graphic designer to design your house. So why do you think a brand designer or an advertising agency could design your website? Because the disciplines are completely and utterly different. I honestly think it all comes from initially both sets, say, say graphic designers, traditional graphic designers, brochures, advertising and the like, and web use Photoshop to mm -hmm. create, to design. So they think, well, we use the same tool. So we can do it. It's, it's just visual, but it's not visual. Well, it is visual, but it's such a small percentage of what, you know, and someone that's design trained, I hate saying it, but the visual design's the last thing you should be worrying about. Yeah. Obviously, it needs to be on brand. But, yeah, if your structure's not right, if the user flow's not right, if your messaging isn't right, the design's relevant. No yeah. one's going to use your site. So, yeah, you see, you see those examples all the time that at first glance I think, oh, wow, that, that's quite bold and impressive. But, yeah. Good luck trying to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I've it just doesn't achieve anything. There's there's no functionality behind it. It's just yeah, it's just a waste. Exactly. And I always say to our clients like you've got to make sure your website's great because there's no point or actually usable and fit for purpose. Otherwise, there's no point having the most beautiful website in the world if no one actually buys from it. Yeah. Like you might as well just be you know. Exactly right. Cancel the domain and yeah. move on. Yeah, save your money. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So do you have a couple of things that people should look out for, like any tips or tricks or tools that people should look out for if they're thinking about web design or looking at their website going, can I even see if this is a good website or not? That's a great question. Well, you should know um, in your heart of hearts, if you're a business owner, you should know purely from what is it high I call it high performing and that's I suppose the phrase we use a lot uh, at Avenue um, so is it actually performing for your business now obviously depending what your business is that will vary um, you know agencies like both of ours they're more lead generation that's what yeah. the sites exist for so are leads actually coming through the website that should just be your fundamental first guide and if you're not getting any leads from your site there's clearly something wrong then you should be looking at your stats. So looking at your hot jars, looking at your Google Analytics and actually then starting to analyse how are people using our website. And that should tell you if you know, they're clearly not going to the inquiry form, so why not? Is your messaging wrong? All those types of things. Obviously, if it's e-com, if you're not getting sales, it's not working. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm generalising, but the third area I call it more like service or information delivery. So government, for example, is the easy example around that. So obviously they're not looking for lead generation or yeah. necessary to sell, but they're either providing a, an online digital service that was re, you know, replacing a traditional service in the past or their information delivery to the community. So they'd be far more focused on you know, are people actually looking at the pages. But yeah, that's where you need to start. Is it actually delivering any value to your business? Um, if, if not, well, then you need to start again. 
Yeah, you need to call Avenue. Yeah, well, yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Um, so that would be my first advice would be to actually say, look yourself in the mirror and say, is it actually helping our business grow? That's, that's just where you start. Yeah, um, that's a good... And if it's not, you, you need to be seriously looking at what you've got and, and changing that. That's some good advice there. I actually always wondered this about you because um, with psychologists, I always think, now, are they just constantly going through life analyzing everyone that they meet because you must go on websites all the time are you just constantly looking at other people's websites going this is crap this is crap oh my god they've made a mistake here this sucks <laughs> you do unfortunately um but you see some good stuff too to be fair too you see some stuff and yeah that that's awesome um you know sometimes the best sites are the ones you don't have to think about when you stop to have to think about it that's usually and we there's a saying in digital which is don't make me think Ah, Which basically, it's, yeah, it's a really, again, a really good guide when you're analysing your site. If if someone has to stop and think about the next task they need to perform, your site's failed. Because uh, the minute someone has to stop and think about it, so if I'm completing a form or I'm trying to find some content, if I can't find that information and then you're making me stop the process to try and work that out, nine out of ten people are going to leave your site straight away. So your site will fail. <sighs> That's so a LinkedIn video right there. That That's is a good tip That is for a topic. You. Yeah, so yep. yeah. Don't make me think rule is really, really important. Yeah. I think that's just in life in general. People are so lazy these days. They just want yeah. everything to be easy. People, yeah, people are the worst when it comes to that. <laughs> um, you know, the stats are clear. <laughs> well, the stats are clear. You get three seconds to capture someone's attention when they land on your homepage. Three seconds. You know, you count to three. It's nothing. Mm, mm. So, it's, again, this is where it gets back to that the visuals really do become secondary. Obviously, they need to be important and they, more than anything, they need to communicate your brand culture. But the text is just as, you know, probably more important. So many people don't stop to actually ask themselves and put themselves in the position of a potential customer that they're trying to attract and say, what is it that we actually do and does that make sense? You see so many sites where, honestly, you just can't tell what the organisation does. If you didn't know, you know, some, obviously sometimes you know who they are when you go there. Um, but nine out of ten times you see sites, you go, I actually don't know what you do. I, I, just, I just can't work it out. And there's actually some of our own clients, and I suppose I should be glad they've become clients because they've <laughs> had bad sites. Um, but one of my favourite clients um, sells architectural cladding. Uh, so they make this world, seriously world's best product for ceilings and walls that architects use called Sculptform, sculptform.com.au. Awesome <laughs> website. Um, get the plug in. Well, you go and check um, that out. <laughs> but when I first looked at their site, when they first got in touch, I honestly thought they were architects. It took me like literally, you know, say, 15, 20 minutes of really looking through the site to hold on. They, they don't actually design the buildings. They create the product. And that oh. was, in their instance, that was the issue with their previous site, was it wasn't product orientated. Had beautiful photos of the end result of what their product gives, but, yeah, the way the, the original one was set up, it just wasn't clear. Um, so, yeah, copywriting has probably become one of the real key things that I think in many ways is just as important as the visual branding Yes, in a site. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, actually, um, moving on to the next segment, Trend Watch, do you think that um, – well, firstly, I might get you to touch on a few – different trends that you see coming through. But I'd be interested to see whether you think that copywriting is one of those things that's really gained, um, I guess, in importance for websites. Yeah. I'll, st I'll start there. It definitely has. And I say that because more and more clients are actually now aware and even asking for it ah. in the process, which is fantastic to see. Um, and I'd say it's not – well, copywriting is the end result of what you need to get there. But – and I wouldn't even call it a trend because it's – trends come and go. Yeah. 
and you know you can go online now and you'll probably find a hundred articles in ten seconds on the you know, 2021 website trends. <laughs> that, honestly, they're all just crap. Uh, they're just flash in the pan styles that will you know they're gone before. Yeah, you know you, you remember. It all gets down to really good communication at the end of the day. So that's where the copywriting comes in and making sure your message is right. So I personally don't look at trends at all, but there are I suppose two really key things that I think will become more prominent and need to become more prominent this year. Again, both have been around forever, but people are starting to realise they're important. First one is page speed, so page load speed of a website. If your site's slow, people will just go. And that's where that three-second rule comes back. So what's the optimal page speed? Because I think it's really fast, isn't it? Yeah, it's again, it's like under three seconds it needs to load. Jesus. Uh, and there are exceptions to the rule always and, and stuff like that, and different audience groups are more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, more patient than, than others. But, yeah, in, in essence, it needs to be around that three-second mark. That even seems long for the attention span of people because I know that if I'm, you know, a, a pay takes longer than a second to load, I'm like, click, 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 hello, hello, yeah. like my parents, and then they just freeze the whole screen. I'm like, whoops. <laughs> but that's what people, that's what expectations are. Yeah. And it even gets worse on mobile because oh, yeah. generally your, mo- your phone is you know, perhaps slower depending on how you're using it. Uh, so speed is just the, the big, big thing. And people like Amazon that have done studies and for every second, you know, they lose a 12% drop-off rate, I think it is. Whoa. For online sales. So, yeah, you, for a company like Amazon, you're literally talking billions of dollars a year in lost revenue for every second a page Jesus, takes to load. people are ruthless. Yeah, and they are. It's not, and this isn't stuff that's just, oh, someone thinks this. This no, serious studies have gone into this. So speed is just number one. And that should be always be your first um, priority. And if you're in the business of looking for a new web partner, ask to see their speed stats. That will, that will show you who's good at what they do and who's not. Um, and the second big thing that, again, has been around forever but is slowly, thankfully, starting to get more prominence and understanding is uh, around accessibility. Yes. So obviously people with, with disabilities and... Um, it's, it's funny, we used to get government website tenders and that, I'm going back, you know, 15, 20 years, so it must be accessible. No one would ever ask. It'd literally be a line they put in a tender doc so they were covered, so their butts were covered so they wouldn't get sacked later. But they'd never ask for you to prove it when you delivered. Never. And, you know, this never happened. But slowly, organisations are starting to realise the importance. And there are reasons, you know, I think we have a better moral understanding around that. We certainly have a better legal understanding because mm. there have there are cases, particularly overseas, where big firms have been sued for huge amounts. Wow! Um, because they've delivered unaccessible sites. Uh, Domino's in the US is a recent one. I, I don't know what the figure was. I can't recall, but they redeveloped their site because they got successfully sued by a customer who couldn't order a pizza. Um, and that's literally what we're we're talking about. Um, so there's huge legal responsibilities. But the really interesting area is that there is now clear stats that there is huge revenue opportunities um, if you do develop accessible sites. Um, A recent stat I saw in America, I can't find the Australian data unfortunately, I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but in America the the annual um, income of people with disabilities is something like $490 billion. So you're talking an enormous sum of money that people that have disabilities have to spend online. Uh, in Australia, 39%, I think it is, of families have someone with a disability. And stats have shown that um, it's not just people that are disabled themselves that want to have accessible sites. 
their friends, their family are obviously so aware of the, their plight and, the, and you know, the hassles that they have with it that they're also now looking for accessible sites. But the other really important thing is that accessible sites usually mean that they're sites that are built well. Mm. So again, they're going to be faster. Um, the way screen readers have to flow through a screen so people that have vision problems can understand what's happening, the structure and order of the page needs to be you know, organised properly. So the, at the end of the day, they're just better websites. Mm. They're better structured, better built, better organised websites. So there's huge, huge opportunities to get that right and you know, be leaders in the space and do the right thing at the same time. It did used to be that there was a... a and a feeling that accessible sites were not as attractive as non, those days have changed. The technology has evolved and there really is no excuse these days uh, for not having a, a fully accessible or very close to accessible website. Fantastic. So should people be asking their web developers to make sure their site is accessible? Is that something that I should think be part should. of it? Or is yeah. it just a given now? Oh, it's certainly not a given. And oh if you God. don't ask, you won't get it. Um, it does have a little bit more to cost and that's, uh, the, I suppose I should you know, recognise that. Um, and depends how close you want to get. A lot of organisations, and there's different scales that you can reach. Um, and you know, even just getting close makes a huge difference to people who are disabled. Yeah. Um, so even getting close is, you know, a good web developer should be able to get close out of the box. Right. If you just coded well, you should be very close. If you want to go more strict, so like meet all the guidelines, you're probably going to add 10 to 20% to your cost. Yeah. Um, but like I just said, there are revenue benefits for doing that anyway. Yeah. So, and even from a legal perspective, you know, you're just covering yourself. Yeah. So why wouldn't you be doing that? Yeah. Because um, if Domino's can get sued because someone can't order a pizza, you could be next, you know, like. What is wrong with America? I think that's a whole nother podcast topic. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. But <laughs> who's suing the, who's suing Domino's for not being able to order a pizza? Again, that's the world. Well, these people have rights, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> we, probably a good time for um, for the laugh cue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm loving these sound effects. But yeah, when you, when you do see the stats and you realise how many, you know, how many of the population to have a form of disability. I know. And colour blindness is a disability. Oh, wow. That's a good yeah. point. So that's one of the big areas is making sure there's enough colour contrast in sites so people can uh -huh. actually read and see the information. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of us that have those ailments. So they have – We all, everyone has the rights to experience things like everyone else. Yes. So, yeah, it, it, it should be the way. But there's certainly something I'm finding more and more organisations are now up front saying you know, we, it's important to us – to do the right thing and meet this, which yeah, is Yeah, that's amazing fantastic. to hear. Yeah. And good on you for talking about it because it's something that I think a lot of us in the general population aren't aware of. So I think the more people that know about it, the better. Yeah. So, you know, especially if we're looking to get a website done, we can say you must yeah. make it accessible, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just to finish up Trend Watch, I actually do want to talk about designing for mobile because I saw one of your great videos talking about how people surf their phone with it, just their thumb. Yeah. I'm like... That's so true. That's me. So, Yeah, people need to put themselves in real-world situations. Yeah. Uh, I think in that video I used the example, and I've, I've experienced it myself um, when I used to train it into work pre-COVID. Um, but you want to like, put yourself in the mindset of being in a crowded train you know, in the morning in peak hour, and you know, we've all no doubt done it. You know, literally isn't enough room for you to even stand, let alone do anything else. You've got your bag over your shoulder, yeah. and you've got a 20 to half hour, even longer type trip. You know, you get your phone out. So most of the time you've got one hand. The rest of your fingers are trying to hold the damn thing and the bumpy ride and not drop it. 
So nine times out of ten, you've got your thumb. And, ha- and phones are getting bigger. Yeah. They're not getting smaller. Um, so you suddenly realise apps that are designed well, that are functional, just using your thumb. And again, there's always exceptions to the rule and there are some sites and some apps that are extre- doing extremely complex things. So not everything can always be you know, reachable with your thumb. But people just don't even know. Designers need to take the time to actually ask themselves, is it? Yes. Have I even considered this? Yeah. Um, and that's again where, thankfully, we're st- we are starting to see evolution. And this is where usability, UX, so user experience is so important. You know, it's not about just looking good. That's yeah. the last part of the process where the brand mm. comes in to make sure it's on brand. The most important thing you need to do and say to yourself, is this website on my phone actually usable? Can people actually get the information, complete the functions they need using a phone? Yeah. And the you know, it used to be that oh, as long as it displays on your phone, you're all right. No, it needs to work just as good, if not better, than your desktop machine now. That's the expectation that people have. That's what you need to be aiming for. That's true because so many of us just use our mobiles. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's like you're not sitting at home. Like who sits at home just on the couch with their laptop there? Like they just sit there with their phone. So yeah, A very small percentage yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, tablet and phone are more important than laptop and desktop these days. Yeah, good one. So we're going to move into our things I've learnt segment. This is our second last segment so I'm sad I feel like I could talk to you all day about web designer there's just so much knowledge that I feel that as a consumer I'm not even aware of one actually one thing that I remember from your videos was when you were saying that when you go and search on like a website say you're looking for a brand on like a fashion website and you have that predictive search function yep oh bloody love that and now when I go on a website that doesn't have that, I'm like, guys, this sucks. This, yeah. u- this user experience is annoying. So even little tiny things like that as consumers, I don't think we're even aware of when we experience like a good user experience. But then when you experience that and then you go into a website that doesn't have it, you're like, oh, that, this, this website actually sucks. <laughs> but that's where organisations, companies, brands should look for differentiation in the yeah. marketplace. Yeah. You know, why are we better than the competition? And to me, brand experience is not just the lovely dress you're no doubt looking mm. for or the great sneakers, whatever the case may be. Mm. That's the end result. But you've got to get someone to that point where they've actually connected with your brand enough mm. to be want to give you that money to mm. buy the sneakers, buy the dress. Yes. So, yeah. And we all know how competitive the, you know, the fashion world is. Yeah. So that's what should actually separate you. And gone are the days where you can expect people to go into a brick and mortar store and get a really good customer experience from the retail um, assistant because so many people aren't even going into stores these days. Yeah. So the web has to, you know, again, the mindset should always be that the e-commerce experience should be just like you're in a brick and mortar store with the best salesperson ever. Yeah. That's how you need to look at your online experience. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You can't pick up the dress and touch it. So your photographs need to portray that. Oh. And the person needs to be able to see that. Yes. Have that confidence. You know, and what does that actually look like on? Yeah. Because um, you know, not everyone's got the body of the model showcasing it. Exactly. You know, what does it look like on a real person? Yeah. These are the things that, you know, particularly in e-com, retailers need to be thinking of. Yeah. Good one. I like that. And I've seen even Kim Kardashian, I have to say, like she's done a lot of great work for diversity. So yep. with all of her models and even the photos, like she'll show it on different size yeah, yeah. women, which I think is really important. Yeah. Because you're right, like 
maybe 1% of the population looks like the model. Exactly right. And so it's like, and I don't know why, I have this warped thing in my mind that if I see a model in a dress, like a famous person, I'm like, oh my God, if I buy that dress, I'm going to look exactly like them. I don't know why that is. <laughs> That's some serious psychology um, I need to get sorted out. But um, I fully will buy it going, oh my God, I'm going to all of a sudden look like Bella Hadid or something, <laughs> um, which is not the case, unfortunately. Uh, so, yes, anyway, I really digress. So, back on the topic of web design, um, what do you think is, like, the key learning you have um, – what the key thing you've learnt from running a website design company? That's such an awesome question because I've learnt so much. Oh, I could answer that from many different perspectives. <laughs> Is there an angle you'd like me to answer that from? Like as in, is it something I've learned technically or something I've learned about business in general? Or I think, um, how about one from each? <laughs> well, from a technical perspective, know your shit. Yeah. And constantly stay abreast because it just changed. Like I yeah. don't think there's – and I'm sure you'll get someone in another industry tell me oh, our industry changes all the time as well. But gee, web would have to be up there. Yeah. And when they say it's constantly changing, no, it is constantly changing. It's changed from this morning, let alone, you know, last week. So staying abreast and being prepared to stay abreast, yeah, you just have to know what's happening, what the latest technologies are and how you can use them to provide greater. It should never be about technology for technology's sake. It should be how can that deliver a better experience um, for That's people. actually a fantastic point because I would say the same for digital. It's like if you don't genuinely love digital and social media. You know that firsthand, yeah. Don't do it because it's constantly changing and the best way to actually learn and stay on top of things is by just being on it all the time. Like I'm literally yeah. on it 24-7 just so I can learn because as you said, something's probably changed this morning to now and like you won't yeah. know unless you're on it because even the updates and everything that's out in the media, like they're way too slow. Like yeah. the person using yeah. it is going to be the quickest to learn. Yeah, and be prepared to fail because – all the great advancements in web, someone took a chance yeah, and tried something for the first time. And social would be exactly the same. Yeah, and, even and business, content. life, just totally. be prepared to fail. There's a lot of failure happening in my yeah. life. <laughs> well, you learn from that, so. Yeah, yeah. I Hopefully. suppose the other thing <laughs> I'd say, becoming more and more apparent as I do this more, is just be human and be honest. There's just not enough honesty in, in business in general. But as you alluded to earlier, there's so many sharks and yeah. there's people don't know enough about what actually go, is involved in delivering. So I actually try to go in and just to help educate first and foremost. And if people, even if they don't choose us as an agency, if they've left with more knowledge, that can only help our industry longer term because they're, they're more informed to make better decisions about who is the right you know, web studio for them. So, yeah. Hopefully I've learned to be a bit more human and take the time to explain things because not enough people do. You are amazing at that. And can I say that I think that's one reason, one of the big reasons why you are so successful as a company, like your authenticity really shines through. Thank you. And people actually believe you when you're telling them, you know, what you're saying because it's not always the case. Like people just, there's so much bullshit out there, unfortunately, in your industry and digital there in is. general. Yeah. So. I take the approach that if you're not honest at the start, it's going to bite you in the ass in the yeah. end. Yeah. Because even if you, again, you're going to, even if you win the job, yeah. if the website doesn't work or if it's the wrong approach yeah. for that organisation, they're going to come back and ask you some serious questions as to why did you advise this path? Why did you do that? Who wants to be in that situation? Yeah, exactly. So you're much better off just being upfront from the start, 
giving people options, talking about – there's always pros and cons. Yeah. Um, like I said, even if you, you end up not being the right organisation for them, that you should look at as that as a win-win for everybody. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the last segment and I don't want to finish because I want to keep talking to you. Um, believe it or not, so we, when did we meet? Would it have been like a – Almost. Uh, probably about nine months ago. I think it was around June-ish. Yes, and this is the first time we're meeting in person. It is due to COVID. Which is crazy, but it I is. feel like I already know you. Yes, we've what? had lots of conversations. We've had lots of conversations and I watch your videos. So <laughs> And I yours. Isn't it weird? You feel like you know people just by watching videos. Uh, it's like when you meet a famous person sometimes I just forget that I don't know them. I mean, they don't know me and I'm like, oh my God. But you know way more famous people than me, but I'm sure, yeah, you get <laughs> I wish I did. I was actually on Clubhouse the other day and um, I was in a room with Brad Pitt. Seriously? And he was talking about climate change. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I knew more about climate change. So I could raise my hand and be like, oh my God, I'm talking to Brad Pitt. Um, so weird. <laughs> I know I'm such a dork. Um, anyway, I'm going to move into the five quick questions before I expose my real dorky side. Um, so I would actually love to know what made you decide to become a web designer? I... Uh it's a great question. Um, I think I've done two really smart things in my life. First was marrying my wife. Best decision I ever made. You're a very smart man. Yep. <laughs> um, by far the best decision I ever made. Uh, the second was one day a light bulb went off and I realised that traditional graphic design, I'm going to say was dead. Yeah. And it's not dead, don't get me wrong, but as an industry it was – it's the opportunity to grow and be massively successful – is so hard in that industry. Mm. And hats off to everyone that has achieved you know, great things in that industry. But I was lucky to be at the right place at the right time. The web was just starting. Internet was just starting. And I saw a huge opportunity for that to be the next design frontier. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, went down full blowed that path. And, yeah, didn't look back. Yeah. And if you have um, – oh, what's the one piece of advice you would give someone who's looking to pursue a career in web design? Only do it if you love it and you're prepared to put serious yards in. Yeah. And obviously if you love it, you don't look at it as yards, you know, you, you're happy to do it. But it's not a nine-to-five job yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to ask you, uh, you don't have to name names, but like is there a horrific website that you've seen or just a massive, massive UX faux pas? <laughs> oh, I see them every day, that's the problem. Um <laughs> Yes, I have. <laughs> I can't pick one out that's just – that would take the cake, though. We should, like, beep out the brand name. Domino's. No. <laughs> well, they fix their problems good on them. Yeah, they really fix their problems. <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's um, – yeah, you must see a lot because there's obviously a lot of just websites popping up everywhere and even sometimes we'll get a client. They're like, oh, can you help us with our social media? I'm like, absolutely. And then I go and click on their website and I go, oh, shit, like, you've got bigger problems yeah. than – your um yeah your social media <laughs> yeah well the, it is good when people approach you though and say can you help us and you look at their site and you just shake your head because that, you know, that's a good thing because you know you can help yeah and they definitely need our services um i'd actually struggle to pick one because i see so many um and again there's degrees of badness too yeah um again it might look good but it's so slow to load yeah or true. you just you true. just don't know where to go next yeah. and things like that so yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, can I ask you, what's the hardest thing about running a business? <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> Where do you start? Um, I'd, I'd honestly say time. Yeah. 
there's not enough hours in the day. There's always something to do, I find. Yeah. You'd be the same, you know, friends and family say, you know, oh, why don't you take a break or what, you know. What break? <laughs> people, yeah, people don't, unless you've done it, you don't realise what's involved. Mm. And there's, and I'm not just saying it for effect, there is always something to do. Yes. Always. Yeah, I think you feel guilty as well. You do, yeah. Like if, if you stop, you feel guilty. Yes, yeah. like even on the weekends I feel guilty if I'm not 100%. working. So, yeah, and I think it's also just working out what to do because there, you're right, there's always a million one things. You can fill your whole day if you want to, but it's deciding what you do that's the challenge because I was listening, well, I did, we did an interview with a gentleman a couple of weeks ago and he was saying good people get urgent things done but great people get important things done. Yeah, it's really profound. That's, yeah. And uh, that always, it just really stuck with me since then because like, I think a lot of us just get caught on that daily treadmill and we're just trying to get, you know, just on the hamster wheel. Like you don't want to stop. You're just trying to get your stuff done. But is it actually the important stuff? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just, you know, a lot of the time we're just... There's a lot of noise that we put up with, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're just ticking off someone else's to-do list, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I struggle with that though and I totally 100% appreciate what, no, that statement. Um I to me that invariably means someone's going to miss out at something. Mm. But I probably need to delegate better is probably the answer there. Yeah, yeah. that's hard. You see a good yeah. team around you. Yeah. And then yeah, that's delegation's the a bit easier. And this is our final question. Hope you're ready for this. Um, what is your spirit animal and why? That's a really good question. The immediate one that comes to my mind is a dog. Oh. Um, and I loved I think dogs are God's greatest creation. They, Agree. Yeah. Agree. Humans there's suck. That, there's that saying, um, <laughs> be the person your dog thinks you are. I that's know. how I, that's how I try to live my life. Oh my god, that's really um, cute. Now I don't know if I achieve that in any way, shape, I would hundred percent say you do. I don't know if I do. <laughs> um but that's what I would aspire. Um to me, yeah, dogs are just perfect. You know, unconditional oh, love. I actually happy, about to tear up. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I have a dog and Yes, you have think, a beautiful dog. Yeah, I think my dog's perfect. Like I should try and be more like my dog. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I had my dog's life, though, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, you're napping again? <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't have a harsh life, that's for damn sure. Yeah, that's a, he deserves it, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's the best thing about dogs. Like, I look at the way they just run up to people in the park and they don't judge anyone. They're not, yeah. you know, like they're almost like ethnic, like they're race blind, totally. gender blind. Like they just totally. want to show love. Yeah. And I think that's just the way their brains are hardwired. Yeah, live in the moment and yeah, just yeah, yes, pure uh, love. Yeah, they're actually very much... They do. They their brains are hardwired just to enjoy yeah. life. And we you can know, learn a lot from dogs. So much. And like I think one of the best things I learned from my dog was um when my husband gets home from work, I'd be like on my laptop and be like, you know, oh hey, whatever. And then <laughs> <laughs> like I'd barely even acknowledge Yo, his yeah. existence. <laughs> and then my dog would run up to him and be like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. And I just think oh, it's such a beautiful way to be greeted when you get home. Yeah. Like imagine just like, you know, I'm just like, hey. Like, you know, sometimes I barely even look up because I'm just like too busy typing. Um, so that's one thing I definitely learn from my dog. 100%. Just, yeah. So, yeah. well, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate Being it. awesome. Hopefully that wasn't too painful. No, no, it was actually okay, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yay. I survived. Yeah, you were fantastic. So um, we're going to put um, all of Brenton's details. Well, not every single one of his details, um, but... <laughs> Height. And height, weight. <laughs> 
Um, arms band, legs band. No, um, we're going to put um, Brenton's details so you can find out more about Avenue. You can follow you on social. Definitely go and follow Brenton on LinkedIn. I've learned so much from your content. So thank, thank you for you. being so transparent and sharing. Um, you know, I think the more people that can be educated about web design, the better. Um, but we'll put that all in the show notes. And um, yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. Be my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.